Hello, you fearless people! Oh my goodness, yes, I'm screaming, I'm thrilled, I'm just so, like, I'm exploding of excitement. I'm not even gonna pretend that I'm cool because I'm just, woo, I'm freaked out. I'm freaked out in a positive way. Uh, I have full, like, vibration of good, good, good emotions. And I just want to project that into you, my listeners my fearless and successful audience it's season five. Oh my goodness if someone would t- tell me like yeah d it's gonna go the show will go on i would say get out of here you fool and we made it <laughs> i know we took a break during the summer much needed break i hope you had an amazing amazing break you too because uh i am so ready to serve on such a bigger and deeper level and this 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 episode is so spot on because you know what you guys (laughs) this year when this person started their own podcast and I'm being so mysterious right now. When uh, this person started their own podcast, I was like, damn, like this person is really like disrupting the the industry of podcasting. I was like, I so want this person to be on my podcast. And when he initially said yes, I was I was jumping. I was doing my happy dance. You you can feel this right now. And oh my goodness. This was a mic drop after mic drop after mic drop conversation. And you guys, oh, okay. Are you ready? Jason Goldberg is coming on Fearless and Successful Podcast. If you don't know who JG is, he's an international bestselling author of a book called Prison Break. He's also a transformational speaker and humorizer of life. And my goodness, so much more than just that. Um, And let me give you a little teaser. We actually identified or discovered a capability which Jason did not know that exists. Or he did, but he just teased me. But (laughs) this was like so impactful for me because ever since I discovered Jason. I have been following him. I was this secret follower um, and I was just like blown away and amazed. Every content that he produced, I was more and more like, oh my goodness, he inspires me so much. And this is what you need to know. This, you know, this conversation might trigger you because Jason went really, really deep. He is a very powerful transformational coach, but I also invite you to just feel the the feelings that you are going through when you are listening to him because it gave me so much value. I listened to this episode before we actually went into the production for three or four times. And I was just like, every time I got a new insight. And I'm not saying this just because, but this is a rare opportunity for 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 you to actually experience someone who is like Jason, where he's actually evolving into a new season of his life. And we just had a really raw um, conversation. Um, I invite you also to not get triggered by my embarrassing moment when I didn't know um, (laughs) who is the actor of Batman. Oh, such a badass 
hero moment for me, but Jason really beautifully pivoted from this awkward moment for me. Um, another proof that he really cares about people, about his people. So thank you for that, Jason. And I also invite you to, to, you know, to just be mindful of an insights. And if this in any way um, impacts you, I would love, I would really love, like this is really not from an ego place, but it's really, I want to know because it will mean a lot to me and Jason to hear your thoughts. Like we are coaches and we, we really pride ourselves by making a contribution to this world, making people around us happier. And, you know, we want to know what it is that, that made an impact on you by listening to the show. So please like just take a, a screenshot and put it on your stories, tag myself and Jason. I'm going to put all the, you know, the links in the show note, but this was, this was one of the conversations that, um, was so, so much fun. And mind you, like from the beginning, when we started the show, uh, Jason had a, a vision how this show will go. <laughs> <laughs> and it was obviously um, a bingo. So I really invite you to have an open heart, have an open mind, because this might blow you, blow you away. Like, seriously, it was such a powerful conversation with an epic human doing extraordinary things um, in the world. And if you're ready, let's just get it on. Welcome to the Fearless and Successful podcast brought to you by Coach D. That is me, and it is designed for change makers just like you. I am an international success and business coach, and I love, love, love supporting you on your journey to ultimate health, happiness, and freedom. I obsess on all things mindset mastery and business strategy that allow you to design the life on your own terms. This podcast will be led through my three P's, productivity, purpose, and profit. And I will do my best to bring you the industry leaders on these topics. And I am also going to provide you with solo episodes where I'm going to talk about these three P's. If you are ready to dream big, plan for success, and impact the world, let's get this party started. Jeez. Maybe, maybe we will be able to see in the future with the technology that we are in, we'll probably, we will experience that. So that's a cool thing. I'm going to take, I'm actually going to take a note right now about something that I have no idea if it'll happen or not, but I'm going to take a note and then I'll show you at the end and we'll see if it came true. Hold on. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited. Okay. We're good. I have my note. I'll show you at the end. <laughs> so fun. Okay, so I am so excited to have you here, Jason Goldberg, JD. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, what's all this Jason Goldberg, Jason Goldberg? It's four syllables. How much time did you just waste? <laughs> right. But you know what? You probably don't know this, but ever since I met you in Coaching Mastery by Evercoach, and you had this beautiful course that you were training on uh, metaphors and distinction distinction I was like damn like he's so good when he teaches and for me it was like what it is about this guy it's not just the knowledge but how he deliver value and 
and then I realized when I was starting to follow you, it's like he puts so much fun into everything that he does that is just so, so, like it's magnetic. So tell me, and you know, and I know that you call yourself agitator, but tell me like, when did you switch from like just educating or entertaining to actually combining both? What's made a switch for you? Yeah, I think what it is, it's, and this is, I think, something that so much about your, so, so many of us are challenged. If anybody told you that I'm doing, that I'm doing things now that have some kind of joy or funny thing in it, they would be like, well, yeah, of course, because he was the class clown and he's interrupting the class all the time and he's telling jokes and he's, he's annoying and he's distracting the teacher while the teacher's trying to teach, like all these things that I would get the little report card home from school and it would, to my mother, and it would say, um, Jason is a, a smart, uh, lovely young man. If he would just shut up, uh, it would be so great. So, so like I, I got in trouble for like being the guy that talked and did all the things. So what happens is, is that we have these natural things that I believe we either uh, got praised for as, as a kid, right? We got love and approval for as a kid, uh, or we got in trouble for as a kid. And these are the things that point to our core essence of what makes us who we are. And then what happens is over time, especially in, in the traditional sense of, of schooling and work and, and the path you're supposed to go on, those things, we are told those things need to be uh, numbed, dulled, or muted, and they don't have a place in, in business, right? It's irresponsible. It's not professional. It's not serious. And so for me, what it was, it was the understanding that I, I really enjoyed and really knew I could make a difference through teaching and then reconciling, reactivating the part of me that I had kind of pushed away and thought, well, no, no, that's not what you do. This, that, this is serious business. You can't be joyful. And realizing that that's actually one of my superpowers. So why would I yes. not have that be a part of what I do? So, so that's what it was for me. It was really a remembering and a reconciling of what I knew to be true about myself from when I was a kid. Oh, I love that. Um, and, you know, this, the, 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 the basic of, the basic, the, the topic of this show, which we initially thought, thought it would be, it was actually like, why do we think that business should be serious? Especially us folks who are from business schools and we, you know, business in schools is thought differently than it's actually in practice right now. And it's so different to, to have this fun component in your business than just to be dull and to be like, you know, boring and normal. So tell me, like, where are you in your business right now? So when you when you look at your business stage and, and you know, what, what are the things that excites you right now in your business? Yeah, I feel like I go through, I'm looking back at this historically now. It's actually a great, great time that we're having this conversation. I'm looking at this historically and it feels like for me is that about every three years or so, I feel the need for a reinvention of some sort, mm. right? And so it's not like, a, it's not a, it's not a trashing of home base, but it's like a re reorganizing, redecorating. So it's like, I'm not tearing my house down, but maybe I'm putting different furniture in it or I'm changing the way the furniture is, is arranged in, in, in the room. And so for me, really building off of what we were just talking about, I really realized that the, the part of me that, that brings me the most joy, and if it's the part of me that brings me the most joy, that means I'm gonna share the most joy when, when I'm doing it, is being in this place of teaching and performing, right? And, and bringing personal growth to the masses in a way that's much less personal growthy, right? That's much more fun and much more accessible. Because what I know to be true for myself, forget all the, all the joy and all the fun, the joy and the fun uh, was what I needed to overcome the intense amounts of suffering that I felt growing up and, and not just growing up as a kid, like into my adult years as well, into my late twenties and, and really into my early thirties actually. 
So for me, my question is always, my one-line business plan is how can I leave everybody I meet with at least 5% more joy than I found them? And the flip side of that is how can I leave everybody I meet with at least 5% less suffering than when I found them? And so th that question is constantly in my mind. And so whatever, whatever feels like an answer to that question tends to change over time. And so three years ago, the answer to that question was what I've been doing for the last three years. A lot of that working with coaches and helping them build their businesses online and all that stuff. And I'll keep doing that. But I notice now that when I ask the question again, there's a different level of contribution, a different level of significance that I think I can make you know, in the world. And that's leaning much more into the personal growth side uh, of, of education and entertainment together. So that's kind of where I'm at now. I just filmed a pilot for a new, a new TV show uh, last week, and I have a couple of other shows that are kind of in the mix right now. So we'll, we'll see what happens with those. But yeah, it's, it's how do I continue to level up my contribution in a way that allows me to be mo most self-expressed and allows me to also be of most service to the people I want to serve. Oh, wow. I'm so excited for the TV show. Congrats. That's a huge step. And I know that you're going to rock it because you're such a superstar. Right? I, I really, and I'm not saying this just because, but you had like such a big impact. And, and I know that when I listened to, I think it was a podcast episode that you did with Ajit and you were talking about content creation, there was like this you talked about a guy who never, who was in your class and never, you know, you didn't even know that he exists. And at one event he showed up and he said, hey, you, you impacted me. And I think that you have such a profound impact without, without knowing that you had such an impact because you're showing up so much into like, I am who I am and I'm unapologetic about it. And now you're making this difference, huge shift to also to people who are making these ripple effects, which is huge. I think that's so needed because we, we live in a world where, you know, kids like my eight year old, they are picking up everything. And it's so crazy. We have to have these role models. So I'm glad that you're stepping up. Um, yeah, and you're, and obviously, I didn't pass the test with your eight-year-old. Your eight-year-old doesn't thinks I'm a nobody, which is which she's right. She's absolutely right. And I'm going to have a call with my therapist right after this podcast interview. So I'll deal with that. Don't worry. I, don't worry about me, D. I'll be okay. Okay, good, good. I'm going to tell her that you, you, you have her approval. And I'm going to tell her that, you know, it's okay. She's going to follow you and you're going to make sure that she, you know, she gets, it, she will be inspired. She's in good hands, I'm sure. But tell it's me awesome. like, when we talk about joy and we talk about fun, so, and we talk about, and you also said like, it was a suffering for me. And I know that, you know, we're going to link your, your podcast into, into our show notes because I know that you all sometimes say like I want people to get off of this show five percent more happier but what was that do you want to share with us what was that that make made you suffer is this I know that you you share this but what was that you know moment when you you actually realize you know I am meant to do more and I want to bring more joy to people yeah, I mean, the, the suffering part was just, I mean, that was from such a young age. It started with my, I, I'd never met my father. My father left my mom when she was pregnant. And so I never saw a picture of him. I never saw him. I knew very little about him. Uh, and so it's, it's almost like feeling like you're coming into a world where you're already being told you're not enough 
right? Like if your, your own parent says you're not enough for me to stick around that you don't necessarily notice that early on, but over time it starts to become clear to you. You see other people with mommies and daddies and you go, well, why didn't mine stick around? And you don't have the understanding of like, oh, well he had his own stuff and he was trying his best and he had this issue or that issue. You don't know that as a kid. All you know is that daddy didn't want you. And so uh, even though my mother is very loving and very present, there's that feeling of like, well, what's wrong with me? And so I think that that started me on the path of constantly feeling not enough. And, and so I, you know, I, that, that turned into, for me, a, a coping mechanism that really my whole family has always kind of had challenges with is food and eating when we're happy, eating when we're sad, eating when we're bored. And so I started putting on all this physical weight. And so I became a very, very overweight young kid. From the time I was five or six years old, I was kind of a chunky kid. By the time I was in high school, I was a big kid. And by the time I was in my late 20s, I was 330 pounds. So like 150 plus kilos. Uh, and so it was, yeah, so it, it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And the bullying and the not feeling lovable. I mean, literally, this was just like my life was a constant seeking of trying to feel loved, trying to feel accepted, trying to feel enough. And so what I know to be true is that that feels horrible. And if there's anything that I can do to decrease the level of suffering people feel, to make sure they feel seen and to feel heard and to know that they matter and to know that if there's something that they want to share with the world, that it's, it's worthy of them to do so and they have permission to do so. Like anything that I can do to reduce that suffering, if I don't do that, it will feel like everything I went through was just for me and that's very selfish. Oh, wow. Thank you for sharing that. Um... And I get, now I get triggered by, by something that, um, because my father left when, my parents divorced when I was 14 and my father was a king to me. So that, that kind of brought some, do you still get like triggered by emotions? You obviously like been in this personal growth and you probably heal from that, but what are the things that still trigger you from that childhood experience and what upsets you? Yeah, no, I, I still absolutely get triggered. And, and this is, this is something that I, another kind of, um, construct of personal growth that I'm really wanting to change uh, is, for me. It's not saying it's right or wrong, good or bad. This is just my own experience is I, I, I don't personally like the messages that are out there in the world that point to personal growth as a means to be immune from heavy or uncomfortable thoughts and occurrences in your life. And yes. there's this term, I don't know if you've heard this term, like toxic positivity. Have you heard this term? Oh, yes, before? yes, yes, yes. Everything is a silver lining. Everything's happening for me. Everything's the greatest thing that's ever happened before. Uh, that person didn't cut me off in traffic. They liberated me from my speed. <laughs> Thank you, universe, for sending this amazing teacher to me. And, and, and that's, I'm just poking fun. But, but for me, I'm not worried about immunity. I want to focus on navigation. Right? How do I navigate when the inevitable stuff comes up? How do I move wow. forward right? in, in, in a more, in a healthier way for me? So I absolutely get triggered. My mother is the number one person that can trigger me. I can do, I can come out of a, of a, of a week long immersion feeling on top of the world and the most powerful human ever. And three minutes into a conversation with her, I'll be triggered and I'll be a teenager again. And, and, that's, and that's to show me uh, when, when that happens and it takes me 10 minutes to recover, that shows me my transformative nature of this work because it used to take me an hour or a day or a week to recover, right? Mm -hmm. So the more we can close that window of the time we get triggered and we have this initial response was just a human, human reaction based on trauma, based on fight or flight, based on areas of the brain that we have no control over whatsoever. When we can notice that that initial reaction does not dictate who we are or what we do in the next moment after that initial reaction, mm -hmm. 
that's transformation to me, yes. right? So yes, I still totally get angry and I get resentful and I get judgmental and I get all the other things that are part of the human experience. I just, number one, try my best to navigate that in a way where it doesn't take over my experience of life, right? Yeah. Where it can be present in my experience, but not necessarily be relevant to my experience of life, if that makes sense. Yes. And I love how you how you said, like, I love this uh, distinction between like uh, immunity and navigation. How, and it's okay. I think that we, what you said, like, it's, we are, were taught to numb the feelings. Um, I remember my childhood, it was always like, don't cry, you know, you're not a baby because I was a middle child and there was like always something like I needed that attention. I craved approval. I craved recognition, which I never got. And I would like, I would, I would cry. I was, I was very emotional and sensitive. And my mom would say like, don't cry. Like you're like a baby, you know? And now in my adulthood, that shows up as I'm a woman. I'm a strong woman. I am self-sufficient. But because my childhood experience, I am told not to cry. And that makes me like, and now I know that, you know, working through these, these stuff, I know that that's raw and that's honest and that's transparent and it's okay to cry and it's okay to feel these emotions. So I love how you, you put this distinction. Yeah, I love you. And I love you give yourself permission to feel that because, you know, the, the resistance to what we're feeling is one of the greatest causes of suffering that we have. Yes. And, and, and the more we can practice not being afraid of our feelings. Like our feelings never get it wrong. I don't, you know, again, you can mindset and reframe and all this other stuff. Your feelings will never get it wrong. Your feelings are always there for a valid reason. What you do with those feelings is, is more of a choice, right? We can figure out how we can navigate back to navigation, but your feelings will never get it wrong. So to ever try to cut off what we're feeling, uh, being in resistance to what we're feeling, listen, it's a fact of life. If you walk up to somebody on the street and it's a little weird now with COVID, but if you walk up to somebody on the street and you put up your hand and you say, Hey, can you please put up your hand? And I'm going to touch your hand. And they say, okay, they put up their hand. You put up your hand. If you push against their hand, they'll push back against your hand. Even if you don't yes. tell them to, it's a natural part. It's a natural part of nature is that what you resist will push back against you, right? It's mm -hmm. how gravity works. It's how everything works in nature. And so when we can instead play more of a Tai Chi game, where I welcome that in. I literally do this as a part of my practice. I will tell whatever I'm feeling, you are welcome here. You can take over every square inch of my body and do whatever you need to do. The difference is, is that when I'm feeling the feeling and inevitably what looks like subtitles on a movie show up mm -hmm. along with the feeling, I try not to read the subtitles. Right? Oh, just, just sit with the feeling, right? Sit with the feeling, allow the feeling to do whatever it wants to do. Let it know it's welcome here. I'm not going to force it out. It's not bad. I don't hate it. And the more I can do that literally within 30 seconds, the feeling will dissipate on its own because it's, it's seen, it's heard, it's felt, it's not fought against. Oh, this is so good. Okay. So we feel the feelings and subtitles are there to distract us. What do we do with the <laughs> subtitles? How do we navigate and push like, and just distract, distract, extract the, the subtitles. How do we sit with feelings? Because I know that this will come up and feel our listeners will have this. Yeah, but it's easy for you to say that. I, I, I need to be in control. I need to like, whatever. Um, how do we sit with that feeling? Do you have any tips for us? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, here's the thing is, is if you look at any, any feeling, uh, any, any feeling or any emotion that you're taking seriously, you'll notice that it either brings you peace or stress, 
yeah. right? There's really not a whole lot of in between. Now, maybe people have different names for peace and stress, but if we're just kind of talking about polar opposites, it either brings you peace or stress. Now, nobody, no, no sane human being would choose to feel stressed, right? Nobody says like, you know what? I wake up in the morning. I think what would make this a really good day is if I'm super overwhelmed all day. That would, God, that sounds fun, right? That, that's not how it works. And so, so the more that we can just slow that down and say, okay, listen, in this, this current moment, however I am uh, relating to this situation, is it bringing me peace or stress? If it's bringing me peace, then I say, great, nothing to change here, nothing to look at here, we're good. If it's bringing me stress, then I ask myself a very simple question that's gonna sound stupidly simple, and yet most people won't actually ask themselves the question in a legitimate way. And the question is, am I willing to let this thing be peaceful? Am I willing to be in a place of peace? And people would say, well, yeah, it's a stupid question. Yes, I wanna be peaceful. Well, maybe, or maybe you wanna be in the shit for a little while. Maybe you wanna feel the stress. Maybe it gives you some kind of payoff. Maybe it feels comfortable and familiar to be in the stress. But when I notice that I'm choosing to be in the stress, then it's not this thing out there that's pushing its way into my life. I'm saying, I feel stressed. I understand that I'm choosing to be stressed and I'm okay with that right now. That's fine, you're allowed to do that. But if you really truly, truly are willing to drop the stress just by saying, I am truly willing for this stress to not be here, it will start to dissipate on its own. Yeah, I love that. Like really choosing um, how do you feel and being really honest with the feeling that you're feeling. Yeah, that's powerful. Um, because I think it's also, and, and I love like what you said, stress and peace, like that's so simple, but it is true. It is true. Like a lot of people think that there has to be a cocktail of emotions, but but there is like, you know, state of, of peace and state of stress, which is, which is, yeah, good. Um, what is your, like when you're in stress and you already, you know, said like, okay, maybe I choose to be in stress, but what is like your distressor? How do you, do you practice? Do you, do you work out? Do you meditate? What do you journal? How do you, if you feel stressed, what do you do? Yeah. Meditation is huge for me. And, and, and it's not, and it's not, it doesn't work for everybody, right? Meditation is not like a blank. I know a lot of people say meditation, everybody should meditate. I don't know that everybody should meditate. I think everybody should try to meditate and yeah. see if it, if it works for them. But for some people, it just doesn't seem to, to be really helpful for me. I've tried so many different forms of meditation and I've now really just found one that works for me. And so what that looks like is every morning, first thing it's 30 minutes. As soon as I wake mm -hmm. up, right? First thing I do is meditate 30 minutes. I maybe go to the bathroom, but then 30 minutes of meditation. And, and for me, my meditation, I don't really do very much guided meditations or listening to things maybe once in a while, just to switch things up. But for the most part, my biggest practice, the thing that has been the most powerful for me is when I can be in a place of remembering that who I am is awareness, full stop. That's all I am. That's all I've ever been. The only thing that's been constant in my life is since the day my eyes opened and I entered this planet was my awareness. My body has changed. My thoughts have changed. My emotions have changed. My circumstances have changed. Awareness is the only thing that's left. And so my meditation practice is literally a, a practice of sitting there for 30 minutes with my eyes closed, silence, and seeing just how long I can be in a place of awareness witnessing whatever else is going on around me right and i lose it i lose it i'll be in awareness and then a thought hits me. oh crap oh man i that that session yesterday with that client god that, that sucked she got no value out of that i got i'm a crappy coach she's probably gonna fire me god why am i coaching and it's just like the whole spiral and i go okay let me unhook from those thoughts for a minute and be awareness 
And awareness can watch all that stuff, but awareness is not affected by that, right? So again, we're not ignoring it. We're not ignoring the thoughts. We're not reframing it. We're not trying to find a, a silver lining. I'm just being in the practice of not mistaking who I am for this bundle of thoughts and this bundle of emotions and this bundle of sensations. And so the, the way that I, I like to talk about this that, that may be helpful, and because and, I, I really want you to have something that this, this is not just conceptual, but it's something you can use. Is it okay if I share just something quickly? Okay, so, so were you ever a fan of the Batman movies or did you see any of the Batman movies? Yes, I'm a superhero fan. <laughs> you are beautiful, okay, cool. So, so when, when, I, when I say Batman, which, which actor comes up for you when you think of Batman? Because there's been Robin, so many. Robin, Robin, definitely. Okay, okay, wait, wait hold on, who, which one? The, 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 the little guy, Robin. No, 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 but the, the actor who played Batman. Wh okay, which okay, actor okay, okay. Oh my God. Um, I don't know. Because there's Michael Keaton, Val Kilmer, George is, Clooney. Is that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this the guy who had this, uh, he, in an accident? Was one guy that played uh, the actor oh. who was also in an accident? Oh, no, or he played a movie where he got, never mind. <laughs> Probably Michael. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So, so yeah. So, so we'll, so we'll say, we'll say Michael Keaton. So, so Michael Keaton is the original, to me, he's the, oh, he's the original. Yes, Batman. Yes, I like yes. Then I know, then I know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's, he's the guy. Uh, so, so imagine this, imagine that you are the director of Batman. Okay. Of the movie and you're on set and you're filming a scene and Michael Keaton is the one playing Batman and Batman films a scene and he's fighting and doing all these things. And then as the director, you yell cut, right? So end of the scene and you, you're doing some stuff on the side. You're kind of making some notes and you look over and you see Batman is just super stressed out and he's like rubbing his temples and he's pacing back and forth. And you as the director walk up to him and you say, Hey, what's, what's going on here? And he says, well, you know, I, I, I don't know. Like, what if, what, what if I'm not strong enough to beat the Joker? What if my, what if my technology is not strong enough? What if my weapons aren't strong enough? What if I can't keep the people of Gotham safe and they, and they get killed because I'm not good enough of a, of a, of a Batman. And you as the director look at him and you go, what the hell is he talking about? Like what he, he realizes this is like a movie, right? And, and he's playing a role. And so you as the director have two choices here of how you can relate to that. Number one, you can say, Okay, cool, Batman. Let's figure out how to beat the Joker. Let's let's get you ready for battle. You could do that. And that would be the same as us dealing with the content of our thinking. Let me reframe this. Let me think of a positive thing. Let me think of a silver lining. Or as the director, you can do what you need to do to remind him that he's actually just Michael Keaton. Oh, and this yes. is a movie. It's a, it's a role he's playing. <laughs> That's so good. And once I get him to remember that he's Michael Keaton, he's like, oh. Okay, never mind. I'm safe. Everything's okay. Now, it doesn't mean that Batman still doesn't have things to do out there. But once I remember that I'm Michael Keaton, the way I can relate to Batman's issues, I have enough separation that I'm like, well, what if we did this Batman? What if we did that Batman? But I know that I'm not actually Batman. I'm just watching a movie and I can contribute to the movie, but I'm not the movie. Does that make sense? Oh, this, is, this is so cool. I'm just reading... Um... But it's alter ego from Todd Herman, and he talks yeah. about this. This so cool because now I have a different perspective from both sides. What if you could do all this crazy stuff when you switch to your superhero role, and what happens when you are actually who you are? Wow, this yeah. is so cool! Oh, mic drop. <laughs> so, so, in, so in the real world, what that looks like is that you are both Michael Keaton and you're the director in yes. real life. Right. Mm. So you, you can have that conversation behind the scenes where you're reminding yourself of who you are 
And once you remember who you truly are, then you can engage with the world of form, but you do it with much more creativity and much less stress. Ah, so, so to, to tie it up with, with, the, with what we are supposed to be talking about, like, why do we need to be so serious? Do you think that we forget that we are too serious in business or how we show up in life because we are not who we are? Because we don't yeah, show absolutely. up. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, imagine, imagine that you, imagine that you had a chef that cooked you breakfast every morning. Like you woke up and you just, you sit down at the table and there's a meal. But what you know also is that there is a 50, 50 chance that the chef poisoned you. Okay. (laughs) You're not sure. Right. So you can eat that breakfast and eating that breakfast means you'll either be nourished and you'll go about your day or you'll drop dead right here on the kitchen table. Right. If that's your belief every day, if that's what you're facing, do you think you ever actually would eat the breakfast? No. <laughs> Probably not, right? Because there's a 50-50 chance you'll die. This is what happens in business. We stake our existence. We stake our happiness. We stake our enoughness on a 50-50 outcome. Mm-hmm. And so if our happiness is completely predicated on this client signing up or this many people following me or this much money that I make per month, if my happiness is at stake with that one thing, then I'm probably not going to engage as my true self with that thing, because that's, that's too much. It's too much pressure. So if we can shift out of that and we don't have our enoughness uh, as the center of our universe, we don't make our business the center of our universe. The only thing that I ever want to make the center of my universe is my own feeling of peace and ease. Mm. And the more I focus on peace and ease being the place I come from, the more I can interact again with the world of form, doing all the things without this level of pressure. So Alan Watts, to me, has the best uh, uh, distinction when it comes to this. He talks about being serious versus being sincere. Ah, yes. So good. So be sincere about your business. Be sincere about the work you're doing. Be focused and devoted and committed, Mm -hmm. but don't put too much significance on it. That's where we get in trouble. Oh, this is so good. And this resonates with me because I'm I'm fourth year in my business now in my coaching business and I think I'm also like cycling now and who I want to work with and more I allow myself to be who I want to be or who I am essentially it's not about the strategy who I want to attract but rather I'm going to be that person and I'm just going to give myself permission to work with the people who are right for me. This resonates so much. This was so, so juicy. So good. Um, So you talked about your exciting project and TV show. What is there like something that you will say like, okay, at the end, I know this is like, you know, we are now seeing in the future again. (laughs) It's end of 2021. And you look back and you say, wow, dang it. Like this was such a great year. I know that you had your podcast starting, but what would be like that? super proud moment for you look back and you say like this was the the moment man i don't i don't even think it's it's an it's an outward accomplishment thing i'm just so i i i just take so much pride in having the moments where i feel like i'm learning to to navigate my experience of the world better 
that's just such an important thing to me. Like, cause, cause I could have a bunch of success this year of different things. And if I was just the same stressed out, anxious, depressed, suicidal person, when I was in my twenties, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to, 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 to be satisfied by that. So there's something around that. And honestly, there's also something around community and just strengthening the relationships that I've had with my friends over this last year, like through COVID and into this year. And, and I mean, I'm just, I'm really proud of, of the humans that I've been able to bring around me in my life and some of whom you know like Ajita Mita I mean just you know mm -hmm. having these people that are family to me that's just it's so big and I, and I think this is part of me is like getting older I'm, I'm 41 now and I just feel like I, I have shifted where a lot of my my egoic uh, uh, um, uh, goals it's not that they're gone but they just don't hold the same level of significance mm -hmm. for me mm -hmm. And now it is things like connection and, 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 and deepening my own practice with myself. That's what feels more successful. This is so cool. And, I'm, and my friend who will listen to this, uh, we were just having a conversation this Monday night. I said, like, I'm so excited to interview Jason. And we were talking about this, this exact topic. How much of uh, my old version would be like, I need to connect with all these people. I need to know all these people and I need to be friends with all these people. Where now I'm also in this stage where less is more and deepening those connections. And you speak like, I'm, I'm going to be 40. <laughs> it's my last year of 30s. Um, yeah. and, and it's like, it is, it is like really important how we go deep with the people that we already have in our circle, that community. Yeah. So, and I see your, like, I just love the, the, the bond that you have with Nita and Ajit is so beautiful and so so real. It's it's real. Like it's like I I'm watching these guys like and it's so so cool to see this this bond and that's what I what I and you should be proud of that. That's cool. Yeah, and, and it's thank you and and you know it's when I had when I went through my divorce in 2017, one of the big reasons I moved to LA was because I wanted to be closer to them because they they were family and and it's like that's that's the times where you find out what really matters. Like, you know, you're going to have ups and downs in business. If anybody tells you that they never have a bad month in business or everything just flows all the time, maybe they're selling cocaine or something and they just have great business all the time. But for people who are doing legal, ethical businesses, there's going to be, you know, dips and stuff. But what never goes away is, is this feeling of connectedness to the people whose hearts you're really connected to. And that's what matters. Because when I have a really great day, I want to celebrate that with people that I yes. love. And when I have a really crappy day, I want to be comforted by the people that I love. So the common denominator is not the circumstance. It's the people that I love being in my life. Yeah, that's the true value. Yeah, that's, yeah. Wow. I, th this didn't go as I expected. So you gave much more. So like lesson number one for me, like don't expect anything and be blown away by the amount of value that people bring into your life. <laughs> so that's that's super cool. Um, to wrap this up, I just want to, you know, people were, what, where do we, you know, lead people next? Like if they want to, you know, follow you or, you know, you should definitely follow him on TikTok because he has this amazing TikToks and I love the value and love how you actually are disrupting the TikTok industry as well with these like non-traditional dance, dance, viral dance uh, um, moves, but you have your own content and that's like you're king of the content. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, and, you know, even that's, even that's an evolution for me because I started feeling burned out on content. 
And I didn't know why, because content was always something that came very easily to me. Mm -hmm. And I realized that, you know, when you feel, when you're feeling burned out on something uh, or, or you're just feeling like the, the passion or, or the thing is not there anymore for you, the joy, the passion, the whatever, there's inner work to be done for sure. But we don't want to negate the fact that what you're doing does have an effect on how you feel in, in certain ways. And so it's a time to reassess and either say, I need to do different work or I need to do the work differently. Yeah. Right. I need to do, I need to do different work. Or I need to do the work differently. And so I took a look at this and I asked myself this question in what I'm feeling around burnout around content. And is that, is it that I need to do different work or is it that I need to do the work differently? And what occurred to me was I was feeling this desire to do more short form content. I've always done super long form content. I've done hundreds and hundreds of Facebook lives that are 30 minutes to an hour. I've done hundreds of hours of content for courses and you know thousands of hours of coaching that's been recorded for groups and all this stuff. And I really realized that I wasn't giving myself permission to just do shorter form content because there was an identity that I had as a prolific content creator who does long form content. And so unless we are willing to challenge those identities, we're not gonna be able to find the work that we're meant to be able to do, the work that we're meant to be doing. And so it's funny that you bring up TikTok. The reason I got on TikTok is because they incentivize short form content. That's what feels good to me. And so that's renewed my excitement around, around content. So if there's any part of anybody's business who's listening right now where they feel it's kind of stagnant or they're not feeling as, as excited about it as before, take a look at that. Either there's something you need to do differently or you need to, you need a di different kind of work or a different way to do the work you're currently doing. I'm glad that you said that, that you are actually using this platform because you feel that that's the way to move forward because you know i see so many cool oh, kids we are not kids anymore but you know oh there is this platform that is like really trendy um so i need to get on like what happened with clubhouse i don't even know what, what's happening i never i was never there but you know there is a new tool marketing tool and we should be there no what feels good for you like and i'm so glad that you said that because you are the king of content. Like, I love that because uh, one of the things that I always like when people ask me like, okay, but how do I create more content? It's not about how do you create more content, but just be like really true with what is the value that you want to bring and that's going to go through you. And I always like refer people to, to that. Yeah, it was podcast with Ajit when he started yes. ever podcast. Yeah. Um, so I always refer people there. So it's it's so beautiful. And uh, I, I love that you shared that this is the moment where you are actually diving into a different content creation which is fun like we love short insights and your your content is insightful even if it's short <laughs> thank you very much i really i appreciate that and uh and yeah so so instagram and tiktok i guess are, are the place i would have never said before tiktok is the place to follow me but uh but instagram and tiktok i'm at the jason goldberg on both and that has links to my podcast and my book and and all kinds of stuff there so you can you can find all that as well and you remember, you'll remember here, I said at the beginning, I was going to write a note before yes. we had the podcast interview and I was going to show you at the end. Are you ready for it? Yes. You ready to see my prediction? Yes. Let's see if you're able to read it. It isn't going to... Oh, no! You're psychic now? I guess I'm add that to my list of, of things that I'm doing now is I'm a psychic. Okay, so that's another title. That's another, yeah, I know you're a title collector. That's another title. So you're approved. You also have a psychic ability. So yeah. Wow. Oh, Amazing. Amazing. Oh, I love it. I'm so, I'm so happy. I actually, I, I thought it was going to be something else, but I'm, I'm glad that that was what I wrote because it seems to fit perfectly with this interview. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That, we have to do another, another one. We'll so, so we see like it's going to be expected but thank you so much i know that you know um the time is 
a value for all of us. It's an asset that we, you know, don't get to re-experience, but this was definitely such a valuable experience for me. Thank you so much, JG, for being here and bringing the value. Like you definitely made me 5% happier and I'm sure that our listeners do. So yes. <laughs> Amazing. I'm so happy. Thank you for having me on. Thanks for inviting me on. And thank you for the work you're doing in the world because we need people like you doing this work. A thousand percent. Yay. Thank you. <laughs> Speak soon. <laughs> Ciao. Okay. Bye. Thank you so much, Fearless Soul, for taking the time to jump in today and listen to this episode. I know your time is the most valuable asset, so I don't take this lightly. As a sign of appreciation, I would love to give you free access to my 21-day Mindset Mastery and Business Strategy program. All you need to do is take a screenshot of this episode and tag me in EG Stories. Until next time, dreamer. Mwah.